Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 365, and today we'll be talking about Find the Glitch from Glitch Techs. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So we're up to 365, we now have a podcast episode for every day of the year. What a horrible challenge <laughs> to listen to. Actually, that'd be pretty easy to listen to Lunar Ceasefire yeah, once one, a day. one podcast a day, that's nothing. I've heard uh, it does... Not keep the therapists away, unfortunately. But anyway. What you gonna do? (laughs) Stick to apples. Unless you're allergic to apples. I'm like a one out of six on apples. So I can eat them sometimes. Anyway. (laughs) Find the glitch. Hey, hey, this is the episode for Off Topic Talk. Just look at Miko. Wants to talk about everything that's goofy she can think of. Oh, it's, it's so true. Find the glitch is the unfortunate episode we come to, which is a clips episode. And the last animated clips show that I had to watch was The Legend of Korra. And uh, I got to give him credit. This is much better than that one. Yeah, you know, I never watched Korra. But as for Find the Glitch, it's... It's fun at first, but then when Mitch starts driving at the you're a glitch, you know, then it ooh, then it really picks up. So it goes from fun to intense. It's a g- nice experience. I yeah, I think that they do pad out the 22 minute run time a bit and I do wish that So I you know, you didn't see the core episode, but I will say that in general clips episodes can be very uninventive. They can mo- mostly center around just revisiting the past. Hey guys, remember when we did this? Yeah. So I like that we actually have a plot here to really drive looking at the past. And also we get a bunch of fun, just basically YouTube poops, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, f- fine thing to do. Miko removing the cheese ball from her mouth and sliding away. <laughs> right. And just a super cut of Mitch farting a bunch, right? <laughs> Which was actually pretty well edited, I gotta say. Um, they picked great moments for that. And I'll tell you this, though. The the pacing was not hurt by the eight and a half minute glitch song in the middle. There was... <laughs> just flies by. There, It felt like eight and a half minutes of... When they did start just doing the YouTube poops and the shit posting, like, it was fine. But I kind of... When I saw that part and they started replacing people's heads with cookies and Lord knows what, I thought... <laughs> I thought, you know, I almost don't want the plot, and I want them, if you have to make a Clips episode because they're making you save money, I mean, maybe this doesn't help save money, but I'm like, just go all out, because just one person with whatever little video editor they use can totally make a trippy, ridiculous, hilariously edited thing. Yeah, sentence mix it into the ground. Right, I mean, I've seen some, and you know, we even had our, like, not auto-tune, but we had our, like, musical moment in here that's sort of like a youtube musical remix we also had the a popular youtube content category which is every time someone says a specific word which i guess it makes the most sense to do every time someone says glitch in glitch text yeah now you you know what we could do if they're going the whole nine yards with the clips episode if they if they had to use all the old animation but they had access to the voice actors i would like somebody to make bergie's secret rap career Oh my god. See, now, that's actually referencing Mackenzie Atwood's work. She was awesome in all of her YouTube um, Steven Universe remixes. Poopery. Yeah, her poopery. That's an excellent word. But yeah, Pearl's Secret Rap Career was one of the best little series of videos. But specifically, her stuff was so well edited that it felt 
like very in show. It wasn't more on the YouTube poop side where it's very clearly um super ridiculous. Like she was able to weave little narratives and find the right voice clips and even do some little editing trickery to make characters appear in certain ways in certain places. And I would have loved to see it leaned into that because this definitely felt kind of mild. The YouTube pooping part of this episode was very mild. This is this is very early YouTube poops. They were they were more focused on the silliness. Right. I knew you before you were walrus. <laughs> That's the thing. They were doing kind of the like most quintessential part of YTP, which is the, you know, cuts that are sudden. Okay, I'm, and, I'm sorry. Uh, they they did not have a single Sparta remix on here. So what <laughs> are you saying? They were doing only the most quintessential YouTube poop. That's, that's, that is very true. A lot of them did used to break into that. That is so weird to remember. But, you know, the like where a character needlessly repeats a word really quickly or it's like jittering almost or just playing forwards and backwards. Yeah, yeah. Those are definitely hallmarks. But yeah, it was weird to put that in the middle of an episode that tries to make us question Miko a little bit, which I think was a pretty great direction to remind us about, you know, resurface the weirdness about Miko and her inability to be reset. But, you know, also, we did get original animation in here. It's funny that they literally removed the background. No background paintings. They're literally in a black room with occasionally, you know, Bit's head appearing. It's like they live in a computer simulation that they can so easily edit everything. Well, yeah, also, those AR cameras, not sure how that works. They might as well have just said a film crew was following them the whole time. Yeah, especially because they got a lot of stuff that happened before they got the gauntlets. I did like the detail, yes. though, that Mitch knew about Lexi being smuggled in in Karate Trainer, which means that they probably had the right idea about coming clean about Ridley because that would have come out sooner or later. Mitch seemed to know more than he should have. He seemed to be like a narrator there for a moment, which was pretty weird. But then again, I, I don't know. He's Mitch, so he, why not? He can know whatever he wants to. He's a nosy boy. I mean, they even showed a clip of him... Well, I guess theoretically you could have reset Ridley and then shoved her into the portal, but I always read that as him accidentally showing them that he did not reset Ridley, and it's just pure luck that they did not notice that. But right. I, I guess they could have just assumed he shoved her after resetting her. But I mean, oh wait, no, it showed the hug. Why would she be hugging him after re- he reset her? So, eh. Yeah. Who knows? What what were the what were the sizes representing when we saw everybody's names early on in the episode with different gigabyte and terabyte sizes? Oh, I think that was just how much data they have. Now, notice that Mitch has right. the most tenure there, and he only has like one terabyte and change. Oh, no, he was 5.3, or at least I wrote down 5.3. But still, bottom line is he doesn't have anywhere near enough storage space to be like... That is not video encoding, that is, oh my god, how are you making this feed so small encoding? Right, I'm like, it's Hinobi, so their uh, compression algorithm. You know, they got the middle out compression algorithm, I'm sure. So they got it small. I mean, if they already have the assets on file, then all they need is just simple stuff like placement and facing. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, if... Um... Oh, right, if they can fill it all in again. Also, if it's all a simulation, then it's just recordings of positioning and movement. Yeah, it's like Overwatch. You can save a replay, and it's much smaller than saving a video file because the game has the assets, and it just needs to know where to put it and what direction to point them. Wow, that's actually... Looking at the file sizes of the recorded memories, you know... 
that helps explain the AR too, doesn't it? Because the whole idea that the recordings are in these cameras magically floating in front of them like a real camera crew. Well, you sure can create whatever dynamic angles you want if it's a simulation. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Is that part of your theory? I didn't put it in the video, but I have thought about that before. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Don't they do something similar in Star Trek? They they go around an obstacle that a normal camera would have uh, been blocked by? Uh, one of the new Star Trek films, not one of the good ones. I don't know. I can say that I've watched a video about how Toy Story 4 uses such impossible camera angles, which is fun. But uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of fun clips episodes, not really. Um... So I think they did manage to weave a somewhat interesting narrative. I really enjoyed Five's speech at the end because it's really actually emotionally mature to come up with what he comes up with. It doesn't matter what Miko is. Why do we care about even identifying a glitch? What a person is is not just artificially whether they're, you know, what their like physical identity is, but rather like experientially who they are to us. And Miko already is someone to us. That's all that Miko is. It doesn't matter what she's literally composed of. I mean, I thought it was very uplifting what he said. But on the other hand, I don't think he fully answered Mitch's accusation. Mitch was clearly accusing her of deliberately trying to bring glitch checks down. And Five did not answer any of that whatsoever. That's true. He said, oh, she must be a glitch because she's so destructive. And Five's like, well, yes. But we love her. But she's also very nice to us. (laughs) Right. And she's very good. Very good gamer. Mitch did have to admit that, Miko. And I agree, because as if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I have obsessed about how ridiculously physically skilled Miko is. So I was definitely on the edge of my seat when they were talking about, and that means she's a glitch. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Okay. But I was very interested to hear you say that this episode pointed the suspicion at Miko, because we get a little bit of that, but we resolve it. And what I think the episode points the suspicion at is safety inspector number seven. I mean, she all but admits that, oh, I know that there's a human level glitch in existence, and it may very well be me. Yeah, I don't know if it's her, but it def- this episode definitely ends in a way that's supposed to give us something about Hanobi that's weird. Now, of course, it also supports your simulation theory a little bit more, uh, which is interesting. Like, if they could simulate, you know, well, gosh darn it, everything. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I, it's weird that they drop that, though, in here, because, again, obviously we've had hints that glitches are that powerful, such as the um, glitches that can get inside your brain and make you into a dinosaur. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> but it's not, like, a huge reoccurring theme, and I don't know what, um, you know, I feel like the early Glitch Text episodes, we had more, like, philosophical sci-fi quandary discussions. This would definitely yeah, be does a... Does this glitch have a soul? Yep. Right, this would definitely be a um, revival of that, if that were to become an important thing in the never-to-come season three. But it's interesting that that's <sighs> the direction they want to go with Hanobi, because there's already... Hanobi itself and glitches themselves are already so interesting. So throwing in, also, we're working on human-level intelligence... It makes me want to know, why is Hanobi working on all this stuff? <laughs> Who knows? Who, why? Are, I don't know. They're, uh, they are a mystery. All we know about Hanobi is that they're definitely cooking up more than video games. But that's all we got, unfortunately. Soon to come, your revived relatives. 
in glitch form. Hmm. Fascinating. Ooh, a necromancer glitch. I like it. Uh, it sounds much too, well, maybe not too disturbing for glitch text, but uh, pretty bad. That would be pretty bad. Oh, my grandma recently died. Oh, grandma glitch. <laughs> if this is if this is all a simulation, then you could just bring them right back. Restore them completely from memory. If they ever had something like everything was a simulation, it would have to be very narratively and philosophically interesting because I don't want their rug pulled out from underneath me like that when it's just for silly gag reveal. <laughs> What do you mean, silly gag reveal? They could do. They could have a very, very serious thriller season about the them eventually discovering the nature of the world as a simulation. I mean, that's true. We can always matrix it, but then again, the matrix did already do it. Although there's always opportunity to do it a little better than aliens that need to eat humans. But like, do they? It seems like they could have set up a more efficient system than the energy source that they currently have. It's a little silly. But you know, well, a lot of the science fiction authors do like the idea of civilizations eventually just deciding, you know what? Why explore the stars? We could put our brains into computers, and that is so much more efficient. <laughs> I agree. And so, if they end up forgetting, or somebody inside makes them forget that they're inside a simulation, maybe Hanobi's trying to jailbreak them. Who knows? Ooh, or maybe Bolipius is trying to stop them from jailbreaking. Ooh. Oh, man, that's some fanfiction right there. Uh, see, that's another thing you could do with the Clips episode. Just supercut things to create brand new fanfiction-esque ridiculousness, much like, you know, McKinsey did with Steven Universe. Bergie's uh, secret rap career, I'm telling you. I honestly... You have the voice actor. Just write a rap for him and let McKinsey do the rap. I mean, she works for Cartoon Network now, not for Nickelodeon, but... We could make it work. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do feel like, I mean, it's always going to feel this way with the Clips episode. I still feel like there could have been more. Obviously, it would have been great to just have a real episode, but this integrates okay enough. Um, I did like the chibi art as well. Yeah, if you got to save money, you got to save money, you know? I, yeah, it just sucks because, I mean, I didn't, I knew more about the production history woes of Korra while watching it. Obviously, Glitch Text has suffered because it can't get its, you know, next season. But it's pretty weird that for Netflix, which kind of signs on episodes ahead of time. I mean, I can see that the show's like potentially very expensive. And during production, they'd be like, oh, crap, we did not budget this right. And now we have to make a clips episode. But it's just weird because they're not very long seasons. And I don't know a ton about how the contracting system works, but it just has never seemed to have been a problem anywhere else. Versus, like, Legend of Korra was already, like, problematic <laughs> multiple times. So I understand how they got to their fourth season and they needed to... Basically, Nickelodeon said, well, yeah, we're going to give you 13 episodes, but we really need you to only spend the budget for 12. <laughs> so, ugh. I, but in Korra's case, yeah, I really yeah. wish they had just never made the episode at all. This one is perfectly fine and great, and maybe someone can super cut it again for more YouTube poop magic yeah find the glitch was fun i mean if if they had never made it then we would never have got that big hint about the nature of bolipius and again we know it's tied into bolipius because what was the ooh shadowy conversation she was having in the car at the end of the second episode so that's right yeah bolipius confirmed is uh what this episode ended <laughs> up doing i guess they i don't know i don't think that reveal works if you don't have an entire episode about this and so Spend as little money on it as possible while still making it really fun to watch. I think they did a good job. Totally. Is that an ending? 
I don't know. I feel like you should take a portion of the podcast and then just have us, you know, is this the ending? And then backwards, and just ridiculously go at the end. This is the ending. This is the end. And That takes pooping skills that I lack. <laughs> Work on your pooping skills, GC. I thought that was going to be funny. I... I didn't think it would get that much laughter, but I'm glad that I'm appreciated. <laughs> just, yep. Just keep exercising that pooping muscle. Anyway, guys, <laughs> that's it for us on Find the... <laughs> Why'd you have to laugh so loud? <sighs> anyway, guys, that's it for us on Find the Glitch. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hold on. (laughs) Just play that in reverse at the end. (laughs) Oh my god. Later, everybody. Okay. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.